honoring Jay Adams on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Now, many of you may already know that the founder of Nuthetic Counseling and the leader and founder of NANC, or now ACBC, passed away on November the 14th, Dr. J. Adams. And I want to spend this time today doing exactly what Scripture calls us to do in uh, Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke the Word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. I think it's appropriate, even on this week of Thanksgiving, that we we honor Jay and that we demonstrate gratitude. There are a thousand ways that we can be thankful and grateful. And one of the ways that Scripture tells us to be grateful is that we honor those who have passed the Word of God down to us. I can remember the first time that I met Jay Adams. It, it actually wasn't by a handshake. It wasn't even visually seeing him. I met him through his words. I, I met him, as many of you have done, through his books. I was a college student in my sophomore year at college, and I remember sitting in my psychology class, Introduction to Psychology. I was fascinated. I was absolutely intrigued, but I was also a believer. And as a believer who understood the scriptures, was certainly not extra mature, I would say, but I, I knew Christ, and I knew His Word. And sitting in those classes, I just began to hear a very different narrative about who uh, man is. That psychology had understood man to be something very different, but I was struggling. I was struggling to articulate uh, this idea about why these ideas of psychology is, is wrong. And I remember one time we were sitting down, my, at the time my girlfriend, which is now my wife, we were sitting down having a conversation with her music teacher who was married to a pastor. We had become friends with them. And he, I began to share with him some of the struggles that I was having and how I could not articulate. I couldn't um, express some of the struggles that I was having in learning the things that I was so intrigued about in this psychology course. And as I began to talk to him that day, he said, you know what, I've, I've got somebody I think you should, should read. And it was like he introduced me to this new friend, Jay Adams. And the first book that he gave me was the Christian Counselor's Manual. And obviously, this was the second book that Jay had written in 1973, his first being Competent to Counsel in 1970. And I remember just devouring that book. I was not a voracious reader, even in college. But I remember that book began to give me life. It began to give me words. It, Jay had articulated the things that I was deeply concerned about, and he began to use scriptural language to help make sense of what was going on and what I was experiencing and the things that I was learning and the things that were even quite intriguing. As I continued to read the Christian Counselor's Manual, and, and man, my world began to be exposed in how I understood Scripture and how I thought about Scripture and how I thought about people and how I thought about problems. And then I next went to Competent to Counsel, and I began to read uh, Jay's work and um, just an amazing work that God did with him. Now, we have to understand that when Jay was writing, things were very different than they are today. 
You think about where we are today in the biblical counseling movement at large and, and so many organizations, praise the Lord for that, and so many organizations that are trying to promote ideas of biblical counseling, and Jay was helpful to start all of that. Praise the Lord for God's grace and kindness through him. But you got to remember, during those days, it was very, very, very different. Many have called Jay a Luther-like figure, where he's calling us back to the sufficiency of Scripture in pastoral ministry and pastoral theology. He, he's recognizing what was happening in the culture at large in the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. I wish we had time to go into the depth of history because it would make you appreciate Jay all the more. When you see how pastoral counseling had taken a completely divergent shift away from Scripture, where we, we use Scripture as token, sort of overlaying as icing on the cake, as we allow psychology and all of its pursuits and observations to completely redefine man and who he is and what we ought to be pursuing, and what inaugurated is this new version of the modern self. This new version of the pursuit of the therapeutic, what many have called even the therapeutic gospel. And as this is raging for three, four, even five decades in its infancy, and enter Jay Adams in the 1960s. As he began to teach at Westminster Theological Seminary, and he began to see his task in teaching pastoral theology, he, he begins to recognize all the things that were going on and all the ways that, that pastors were pursuing faulty, unscriptural means in how, he, how they would shepherd their people. And I would say that the Lord gave such grace to Jay Adams. And, and here's the thing. I am not saying that Jay Adams was perfect. The history books will, will recognize that all of us who attempt to lead the biblical counseling movement, or really any movement, that we are all completely and radically insufficient. But what we can say is that Jay saw something by the grace of God that was helpful, where it was very, very dark in relation to pastoral theology, in relation to the way we thought about counseling, in the race, relation to the way we think about human problems. And the Lord gave Jay a grace from the Scriptures, I think, by the Spirit, and helped us to see maybe the error of our ways, the things that we were adopting, the philosophies and empty deceptions that we were pursuing, that we thought were an improvement upon Scripture and upon uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. And Jay called us back to the sufficiency of the Word. He called us back to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. He called us back to a primary aim in pursuing sanctification as a primary means of true healing, true hope, true help. Now, we have to understand that one man couldn't do all the work that was necessary, but praise the Lord by one man, over 100 books that Jay wrote on various subjects, homiletics, preaching, those sorts of things, but also in in the realm of counseling. And we are the beneficiaries of this treasure trove of works. I want to encourage you, even during these days, uh, to go back to read some of Jay's works. One of the things that I find is so many people are critical of, of Jay. And I'm sure that there are, there are issues, right, at which um, we could all be very critical. Um, I could start with uh, the distinction between uh, Jay and myself on what we believe to be true about church polity in relation to Presbyterianism, and I'm a Baptist. We had our disagreements. That's certainly true. But I think 
oftentimes some of those criticisms continue and are fostered partly because people have not read Jay for themselves. There's so much criticisms about what he did or didn't say. Can I just encourage you to go back and read? I know that you will be encouraged. You will be sharpened, whether you fully agree with all the things that he says or not. And I think what it will do is make you appreciate the voice that he used to cry out in a very dark time in relation to pastoral work and pastoral counseling, because in those days, all of that type of soul care work was being shipped out and farmed out outside of the church. And today, we look around and we see what a tremendous blessing, where there was one primary voice who was crying out. Today, we see an amazing movement that is not just encompassing the U.S. that we see you know, happening with the growth of an organization like ACBC, but, but other organizations that we see growing. And not just here in the U.S., we are seeing an absolute tremendous growth around the world because one man was faithful. One man was faithful to go against the tide and to recognize the depth of the Scripture, recognize what the Scripture speaks to, and to plow through all of the secular philosophy to get back to Scripture, to call us back to the practice of Scripture. So I want to encourage you to go back and to read Jay. I think it's so important. Now, most recently, I had the opportunity for my whole family to visit Inori, South Carolina. This is the place at which Jay and his family have lived for many, many years. And this is just outside of Greenville. And we visited a couple of years ago, and we stayed even on their property. And my whole family had an opportunity to meet uh, Dr. Adams, to meet his dear wife, Betty Jane, and some of his uh, immediate family. What an encouragement. What a blessing uh, to be able to, to meet Dr. Adams, to have a conversation with him. And that wasn't that long ago where we had opportunity. I, I had an opportunity to sit down with him. He was very sharp still. Had opportunity to ask him questions about, I love history. I enjoy history. Wanted to know a little bit more even about the biblical counseling movement. Had opportunity to sit down with him, and the Lord gave him opportunity to be fresh that night, Friday night. We sat down for many hours, and then all day Saturday where we had conversation, and it was just a, an unbelievable time. It was such an encouragement even to my wife as she um, spent time with Miss Betty Jane and the demonstration of hospitality and kindness even toward our kids. I can remember one distinct moment. I mean, Jay and I were in this, you know, really adult personal conversation about uh, some of the intricacies of the history of the biblical counseling movement. And, and we're in deep thought. And I have two little twin girls who at the time were uh, just over three. And I remember Jay pausing because my twin girls had moved over to where we were conversing. And he pauses. And, and again, we were in the middle of a very important conversation, at least in my world. And I immediately thought as a dad, like, oh my gosh, like girls, don't, don't bother Dr. Adams, like leave him alone, right? And he paused and he looked at me and he said, um, I'm sorry, please excuse me. I have something very important to take care of. And I'm not thinking he's going to deal with my girls, but my girls had made their way over and had started to ask him a question. And he paused to look at my girls, to be attentive to them, to pay attention to what they had to say. I love the way that they cared even for my children. And it demonstrated to me the, the power of Christ in a person and the love and gentleness and kindness, even in an older age, to 
to show hospitality. That was a very special moment to me and my family where we, we had an insight into getting to know Dr. Adams and, and his wonderful family. Even more recently, uh, this year, September the 11th, we had planned uh, an event where we were going, many of us in the biblical counseling movement were going to go to Greenville, South Carolina, and celebrate the 50-year anniversary of Dr. Adams, uh, his work, Competent to Counsel. This year, 2020, marks 50 years. The book was written in 1970. What an amazing thing that God has allowed that book to still remain um, for all these years. And we were intended to go uh, on that day and, and to celebrate. Well, with COVID, only a few of us were able to attend. And with about six or seven, maybe eight people in the room, in their home, uh, we had an opportunity. Don Arms, many from Mid-America who now house Jay's library and who are uh, republishing many of Jay's books, um, were able to sit in the room and to talk with Jay and to celebrate uh, this 50-year anniversary. As another point of intention, we, we all shared about how we were introduced to Jay and, and um, the ways in which he had influenced us. It was just a glorious time of honoring a faithful servant. And as was accustomed to Dr. Adams, he was very deferential to the grace of, and kindness of the Lord Jesus. And at that time, uh, Don Arms, who was a longtime faithful friend of Dr. Adams, uh, had gotten several of us guys together uh, to write a tribute to Jay. And this had been a project in the, in the making for uh, about two years, uh, a fetchgrift. And a fetchgrift is a uh, German word, just simply means essays in honor of, that we were writing essays in honor of Dr. Adams to present to him on his, this 50-year anniversary. And we had the opportunity to do that. And what a special time as we went around the room to talk about uh, Dr. Adams and his kind and faithfulness to the Lord, his consistency with the Scripture. And the Scripture tells us to remember and to honor those leaders who taught us the Word of God. And again, I want to reiterate, I'm not saying that Jay was perfect, certainly, certainly not, but there are several things that I think we should emulate when it comes to Dr. Adams. And here's one of the things that I think is most important. If one thing could be said about Jay Adams is whatever he was convinced of in the Scripture, whatever he believed God to teach in the Scripture, he attempted with all of his effort to live that out faithfully. If one thing could be said about us, I pray that that would be true. Because with Dr. Adams, if you could convince him that Scripture said something differently, it would change the way that he acted. It would change the way that he wrote. It would change the way that he taught. It would change the way that he interacted with people. And would that be said of us? That what flows out of us is what we are fully convinced the Scripture to teach? Or even now, when we find ourselves 50 years after the inauguration of the quote-unquote biblical counseling movement through competent to counsel, are we still wrestling with some other issues? Are we asking the question, does the Bible really say? certain things? Are we finding ourselves maybe drifting away from conviction of Scripture and striving with all that we have to live out the Scripture? Maybe we should take this moment, all of us, me included, to pause, to ask ourselves this question, are we pursuing Scripture? And as we pursue Scripture as our primary posture, are we striving with all of our might to live that out? 
I pray that that would be said about me. I pray that that would be said about me in the same way that it said about Dr. Adams, that whatever he believed the Scripture to teach, he taught. Whatever he believed the Scripture to teach, he attempted to live. What a thing to honor. What a means to be grateful for. And so I pray that you will be able to pause even during this time of Thanksgiving. I want you to remember Miss Betty Jane, his dear and faithful wife of many, many years who served him faithfully. So I want you to remember and pray for them, pray for the Adams family, but I also want you to remember the testimony of Jay. A man who is just like you and I, flawed, certainly true, but who passionately pursued Christ and that we would imitate him in that way and that we would honor him because of the way in which he taught us the word of God, that he, the Lord used his work to help open many of our eyes by the power of the word. I want to encourage you as well to maybe pick up that book. The Whole Council is what it's called, The Public and Private Ministries of the Word. This was the fetch script that we wrote in honor of Dr. J. Adams. And I think it quite appropriate that we were able to present that to him even before he entered the presence of the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to pick up that book, to take a few minutes even to pause, to think about, maybe reconsider some of the works of Dr. J. Adams. I think you will find them encouraging, maybe even convicting, uh, as you continue to progress in the way that you think about the Scriptures, the way that you think about people, and the way that we strive with all of our might to help those who are broken. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now, today we spent our entire time honoring the life of Jay Adams. And let's be honest, I think we could take much more time. I could tell you a little bit about the history of when Jay entered the scene. I could talk a little bit more about the history of the biblical counseling movement and the ups and downs and the back and forth. Uh, But I think it's a worthy thing for us to do to sit and, and honor him and to contemplate. Now, a few things that I want to bring your attention to. I want to say a personal thank you to Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, This is the place at which Dr. Adams' works have been gifted, and Mid-America is doing all that they can to continue producing Dr. Adams' work. They started a publishing company. It is called INS Publishing, Institute for Neuthetic Studies, in honor of Dr. Adams. And They are preserving many of the works of Dr. J. Adams, and so I want to commend them. I'm so grateful for them and their work. I also want to remind you about that book I mentioned, The Whole Council, The Public and Private Ministries of the Word, Essays in Honor of Dr. J. Adams. And I want to encourage you to to get that work. One of the things that we are doing on our website is we are posting for free a lecture that Dr. Adams gave called Theology and Counseling Are Inseparable. I want to encourage you. We'll put a link in the show notes. I want to encourage you to go go listen to that full-length lecture. And we'll be posting several in the coming weeks and days uh, that you can avail yourself to. We have a treasure trove in our archives of uh, lectures from Dr. Adams that I think you would find beneficial. And so over time, we're going to release some of those to honor the life and the work of Dr. Adams, to be grateful for how God used men just like him in our life to help us to understand the Word, to help us to pursue the Word, to maybe even unveil our eyes to a blind spot that that existed. And so we are grateful. We stand upon sturdy shoulders, and we want to be faithful as best as we can for generations to come. 